0: I may declare it boldly as I must speak. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I don't want to alarm you, but there is a war going on. I'm not just talking about recent conflicts in Afghanistan, Africa, or Israel, although these are certainly part of it. I mean, the war that is going on here in our own city, in this parish, in your own backyard, in your living room, and in your heart and mind, there is a war And we all, men, women, and children alike, have been thrown into battle, whether we like it or not. We are under siege, and we must take up arms or perish. This war has many fronts, but more than anything, it is fundamentally an attack on our souls. We're surrounded on all sides by enemies, that bear a violent hatred against us, that envy what we have been given and want nothing else more than our ruin, to see us fallen and disgraced. These enemies deceive us into seeing our fellow human beings, our neighbors, our brothers and sisters, as the enemy. They hope to weaken us, by dividing our ranks and turning us against one another. And there's um, a Native American proverb, which says that no tree has branches foolish enough to fight among themselves. And our Lord himself said, if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. Our faith proclaimed to us in the Holy Scriptures would have our eyes open to recognize our true foes. While we are engaged in struggle against the people of that nation, the people of that political party, or the people of that creed, we're distracted from our common enemies. As St. Paul says, our struggle is not against enemies of flesh and blood, but against the, the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. These are malevolent spiritual Personalities that are in rebellion against God, their Creator. Their forces of darkness that rage against the forces of light. Their warfare against the host of heaven is older than the first conflict between brothers that resulted in Cain killing Abel. It was the prince and captain of these rebellious spiritual forces, the first that first led mankind astray with his deception and false promises. And ever since, he's been prowling the earth like a ravenous lion seeking whom he may devour. The scriptures give us a glimpse behind the curtain at this age-old conflict that rages invisibly all around us. They also Assure us of its inevitable conclusion in which the powers of evil will be finally routed, bound, and destroyed. Although there are many assembled against us, those who are for us are greater. St. Michael, the archangel, and his army of angels fight for us. Uh, The twelfth chapter of Revelation reads, Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough. And they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So some of you might say, okay, okay, Father Matt, um, this is an exciting story, Uh, but it it all sounds rather mythological, Uh, fanciful even. It sounds like the Lord in the Rings. Um, It sounds like those comic books that you read, right? Um, What possible practical use could believing all of this have for my life? Well, my answer is that understanding this battle and equipping yourself appropriately will lead you into victory against the habitual sins, emotional, psychological, and spiritual struggles that that rob you of living fully the life that God intends for you. This is a way of talking about that conflict. That conflict on a spiritual level. In order to claim for ourselves the strength of the Lord's power, um, St. Paul, in our uh, epistle reading today, urges us to put on the full armor of God in order to stand against the wiles of the devil. Um, These are the gifts that God equips us with to refute lies, to resist temptation, and to overcome shame and despair. Just as the armor and weaponry of a soldier fortifies him in physical combat, so this spiritual armor fortifies us against spiritual attack. The first item that St. Paul mentions, is the belt of truth. Uh, the belt of a Roman soldier, um, of which he's talking about, the armor of a Roman soldier, the belt of a Roman soldier is crucial crucial to the effectiveness of the whole armor. Um, not only does it provide a um, scabbard for his sword and long leather bands that protect his loins, But it also secures and holds up all the rest of the armor. Um, It is the core. Um, St. Paul is telling us to let truth, the belt of truth, be the core of who we are. And to be sure that everything we do is supported by it. Put on the belt of truth. Um, Specifically, Paul's talking here of our loins. Okay, um, just like the keel of a ship, uh, the loins are the central balancing support of our body. In the Bible, in the Bible, the loins or the bowels, your gut, right, are the seat of feeling and compassion. Um, they're also, however, the seat of our passions, our appetites our desires. So when I vest um, for service in the sacristy, the, the, there are prayers that I say for each item I put on. Right. Um, when I put on the girdle or belt, this rope that's holding my alb uh, together, I pray this. Gird me, O Lord, with the girdle of purity And quench in me the fire of concupiscence, that the grace of temperance and chastity may abide in me. This is a powerful reminder. If we are loose, not properly supported by the truth of God's word in this vulnerable area of our appetites, then we've given the devil a major foothold in our life. If we want to stand firm in the Lord, we must begin by securing this area of our life, our desires, our passions, our appetites. A typical Roman soldier wore a breastplate of chain mail. Um, this was in order to protect his vital organs, um, his heart in particular, um, from assault. The greatest threat to our heart and soul is the wickedness that we've allowed to infiltrate our lives. Now, our own righteousness, weakened by sin, is powerless to stop the assault. But in the second item that Paul mentions, Christ gives us his own impenetrable breastplate of righteousness. As the proverb says, no harm overtakes the righteous, but the wicked have their fill of trouble. The third item that St. That Paul mentions are shoes. Um, he encourages to put on our feet anything that will make us ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. So uh, imagine you're stepping outside in the dark, completely barefoot. Right? Uh, wouldn't you be a bit halting and hesitant in the steps that you make? Uh, you would be justifiably anxious about where you walk for fear of injuring yourself. Um, but if we have a good pair of boots on our feet, we can be bolder about where we walk. We can go to places that we never could barefoot. The devil... Um, our enemy wants us to be filled with fear and apprehension about stepping out to proclaim the gospel. When we're seeking to walk in God's ways, he will attack our heels like a snake in the grass. Uh, Christ puts strong shoes on our feet to go where he sends us and to crush the head of the serpent. The fourth item that uh, St. Paul mentions is the shield of faith. Uh, the scriptures teach us that faith is the gift of God, whereby we can know and trust in Christ as our Lord and Savior. And the shield, right, in, in, in the armor is a defensive weapon, It uh, it is used to defend us against attack. It does no good. It, for us if we simply uh, let it rest at our side. God wants us to exercise our faith, to raise it high when the devil fires his flaming darts. A shield can also be uh, an offensive weapon, though. Um, We can use it, we can use our faith to drive our enemy to his knees and to push him down. The fifth item um, that Paul mentions is the helmet of salvation. The helmet is, of course, meant to protect the head. Um, Just as the devil attacks us in our feelings and in our heart, he also attacks our mind. Um, He seeks to deceive us into believing in some other way to salvation apart from Christ or he afflicts us with intellectual challenges to the faith or doubt concerning our standing in Christ. The devil has been a liar from the very beginning. And we need to constantly remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel and the message of salvation to silence his lies. Through his deception, the devil would... um, conform us to the pattern of this world the the way that is perishing but the gospel calls us to turn and be transformed by the renewal of our minds finally we're called to take up the sword of the spirit which is the word Um, the most powerful way in which christ has empowered us to resist the devil is by giving us his own spirit to dwell in our hearts Without the Holy Spirit, we're like a soldier with no sword. Um, How could we ever hope to be victorious in our fight? The most effective way in which the Spirit empowers us is by arming us with the Word of God. Uh, When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he resisted and defeated him by using Holy Scripture, which is God's mighty Word, sharper than any two-edged sword. But the whole armor of God that we're urged to put on, this secret of our power and defense, can be summarized this way. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is Christ who is truth itself. Christ who is our righteousness. Christ who is our peace. The one who crushes the head of the serpent. Christ, who is our ours by faith. Christ, who is our salvation, and Christ, who is the mighty and eternal Word through which all things were made. And every one of us who have been baptized into Christ have clothed ourselves with Christ. We're strong with His mighty power, and all that belongs to Him is ours. As long as we abide in Him, All the forces of evil can never ultimately defeat us. He is our captain who is leading us to victory. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.